0: People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Richard Geiger, Ken Seymour, the action heroes of the hour.
1: Yes, yes, yes. We're gonna have a discussion about a various group of action movies. Uh, we're gonna try not to hustle through it, but uh,
0: <laughs> don't kill us. Don't,
1: don't kill us if we if we go too long here. But yeah. uh, we're we're gonna try to. Um, keep it calm and you know not be under siege by all the yeah all the we, hubbub so
0: well, we got a lot here it's a full house so um <laughs> if uh you know obviously you know we're we're bringing back the fun five uh, because we've been having well a lot of fun doing it mm-hmm. uh ranking some films for over the past you know bunches of years that we just haven't gotten to because we tend to focus so much on comic book related films and some of the other new films that come out so we're doing our best to give a little context with um, a handful of other films that, that we'll rate. And then you can see, oh, well, now we really know what they mean when they say 80 out of 100 for whatever film.
1: Yeah. We, we've we given scores for years now, five years or so on really new releases. Uh, oh, yeah. And very few anything on TV shows or or anything like that. So... Let's get a little, like you said, perspective. Um, the movies that we've watched recently, but weren't part of the scores. Movies that we watched 30 years ago that aren't part of the scores. So a little bit of everything. Right. So we've
0: already done a bunch of other stuff. We've done some drama, I believe. We did comedy already. Um, yeah. So let's let's do some do some action. Uh, let's take you back to another time, to another decade. A time when cell phones were not a thing. Another century. <laughs> Another century. A time when, uh, you know, you're going to get those people's like, well, we were real neighbors. No, people still were just awful. But <laughs> you didn't know it as much because there was not the same kind of connectivity mm-hmm. that we have today. Uh, we're going to go back to the year 1984.
1: A lot of good things going on.
0: Unless you're Ray Bradbury? Is that. Is that right? Did he do 1984? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh yeah, trying to make a literary reference at 11:15 in George the Orwell. Right, right. yeah, in the evening, uh, just doesn't go so well. That's right, Fahrenheit 451 was gotcha, what I was man, thinking right.
1: of. <laughs> also, uh, a movie that's out on was that on Amazon? Amazon, right? Right,
0: right. Uh, But in this 1984, we are we are instead going to uh, go back to a time when a certain comedic actor was at the height of his of his fame and hopping and anything he touched was just absolute solid gold. And that was the amazing Eddie Murphy.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk about hot. Uh, He had been on SNL. And then did some stand-up, and he had a stand-up that just kind of uh, launched him into success. But then he hit the jackpot with a couple series of films, and um, oh, yeah. the rest has got kind of history. Yeah,
0: one of those films that we're going to talk about now, and that's uh, Beverly Hills Cop.
1: And the the, the thing about, w- would you have considered at the time Eddie Murphy to be a comedian, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. He's a comedic actor, comedian,
1: pretty much exclusively. And he obviously kind of did stand up as well. Right. That that doesn't always translate well to the, the big screen. But I think he just had, a in this one especially, just kind of had a natural flair, let's call it.
0: Yeah, if you look at his IMDb profile, The only three listed films before Beverly Hills Cop were 48 Hours, which is a really fun movie so long as you remember when it was made. Yes. (laughs) It's got some problems. Uh, And then Trading Places, one of my absolute favorites and a classic, so long as you remember (laughs) when it was made, because it also has a number of problems. Uh, And then Best Defense, which – a lot of people will not even remember that film, but Mm-mm. that was actually really, really funny. Uh, the The whole concept is there's a defense contractor that the film's done in two sections. So Dudley Moore is the guy working on this tank that's going to be used in the field, and Eddie Murphy is in the Army going to be using this tank. So it happens at two different times, but both sections of the movie are happening simultaneously as you watch through, and you're you're trying to hope that the tank that he gets provided with will actually work when, <laughs> when he needs to actually use it so it's it's uh it's a uh, it's actually a pretty fun little film but uh none of them were anything close to Beverly Hills cop
1: yeah there, there's just a, a it's it's hard to describe I feel like and and uh, tell me I'm wrong on this because I don't know any of the backstory in terms of this particular film but it seems like to me the people that he worked with uh they just had like a good rapport oh yeah right like they worked well together and his his presentation of the axel foley character just seemed so natural like nothing it just seemed nothing seemed forced in it
0: oh yeah yeah there's there's no doubt about that um uh, the director that's listed on this particular film is uh, Mr. Martin Brest. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at the films that uh, Mr. Brest has been involved with, uh, he's he's no slouch. I mean, this dude um, did Midnight Run on top of it, which was really well-received when it came out. Scent of a Woman. I mean, if you want to oh, do... Exactly. A little Pacino. Yeah. Meet Joe Black, which did huge, and then he ruined his career with (laughs) Jigley. Jigley. Yes. Uh, Uh, At
1: at the time, um, if I'm not mistaken, was considered one of, if not the worst movies of all time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But uh, as far as Beverly Hills Cop goes, um, man, this, it's, it's just light fare. You gotta think of a 1980s feel for a film and there are you know there are certain films that you think about like Top Gun and things like that that's the very 80s well this
1: is this ooh. is it man it's it's there's there are no special effects no this is just of uh, a lot of revolvers and cars that get beat up. Uh, but they're like standard '80s variants of of yes. cars, right? The um, cigarette truck at the beginning of the film. It's it's just got the the soundtrack is solid in it too. The Soundtrack too. is fantastic. If you like '80s movies, um, you'll like this one. If you've never seen it, of course, um, it, it just got subtle humor. It's got in-your-face humor. Uh, it, it's it's kind of uh. We have it in the action category because it, it it really it it kind of is, but there's there's a lot of other elements to combine together oh, to make this the movie that.
0: There's it is. plenty of comedy. You're not going to put Eddie Murphy at this point in his com- career in a film and not have comedy. It just won't work. Mm-mm. But I mean, talking about that soundtrack, Glenn Fry, Pointer Sisters, Patti LaBelle. You know, I mean, it's it's just fantastic there's there's no you even get a little Danny Elfman in there and it's just kind of crazy combine that with the fact that you get this this uh really hot comedic actor mix him with Judge Reinhold you know uh you know Fast Times at Ridgemont Mm -hmm. High and and just so many other just fantastic films and he has that kind of Charming but dry delivery, and you get John Ashton in it as the grumpy Just kind of grr, uh, yeah. old cop, which he does perfectly. Um, uh, uh, Lisa Eilbacher, um, as kind of the sort of savvy friend sort of a thing, mm-hmm. does great. And then any 80s film, normally, if you need a villain, you would look for Mr. Ronnie Cox,
1: yes, the uh, C Robocop, for example, exactly. Um, But he he has that great just it you wouldn't call it a snarl no that's not that's not it smarm yeah but like like angry condescending condescending yeah like it's confidence yeah yeah it's it's hard to describe because he's he's a bad guy that doesn't get like grumpy, angry, yelly, right? Right, right. Um, but he gets to be a good guy in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but he still gets to yell at the detectives when they do things that they aren't yeah. supposed to do. Yeah,
1: yep. It's,
0: Although he really doesn't yell for the most part. He just says, hey. And he, that's right, because it's the Beverly Hills Police Department. We do things differently here. hmm You know, just... <laughs> uh, Mr. James Russo as Mikey Tandino the friend that uh, gets him into all this trouble in the first place. Now, this is not the same Russo, if you're thinking Russo Brothers. <laughs> this is not that guy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, he, he had been in a number of films still, and, uh, fairly well-known. Uh, Steve Burkoff. Yes, we need somebody that sounds like they're just going to chastise you
1: pretty yes. pretty close on that voice wasn't it he's I? pretty good yep <laughs> you, you you if you've watched any of those movies in that time frame you you know you know this character i mean he's been in a bond movie he, he, he's like a perfect perfect bond character honestly right. so he's you'd recognize the face and, yes. and the accent too
0: yes you will die very shortly uh, so yeah so this this cast is just fantastic uh you even get a little paul riser at the the beginning of his rise to prominence in there um
1: Uh, remember aliens was in this time frame too
0: yes it was so combined all those people and then just uh oh you get one of the wayans brothers very briefly, very in briefly,
1: uh, Bronson Pin- uh, Brons Pincho. Very the, briefly, very briefly, in the like uh, picking out. Oh yeah, this is a very popular piece. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. He's it's so straight faced when he when he's ta- having that conversation. They they both play off each other really well. The yeah, they
0: do, and that's and that's the thing that is uh, that is so great about this film. It will just go from comedy to a little bit of. And and when we say action, this is light, light action. I mean, there's a little bit of fisticuffs in it, but not really. And like you said, just like the revolvers back when people thought those were really scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, that police officer has a, a gun that can shoot six times before he must find a corner and take about 20 minutes to reload it.
1: <laughs> well, they're just so powerful.
0: <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so it's it's... Just the way they, they put things together in the film is just fun. They they could put a little bit of anxiety. You didn't know what was going to happen in a couple spots. And then it set up a set up a th- three-part uh, sequel thing going on. I like the second one. The third one was...
1: Maybe a stretch. Yeah, a
0: little bit. Well, they didn't get everybody back for the third film either. So yeah. that was a little sad. But uh, yeah, so if you if you want to just have some fun and you don't want to think about the movie too hard, and you don't mind a little bit of what light light racism, light stereotype, light stereotyping, there we go. Uh, Again, that's very prevalent in the '80s films. Correct. Uh, Yeah, this is just this is just a lot of fun.
1: Um,
0: I I kind of want to watch it again now.
1: Yeah, after talking about it, I'm like. I haven't seen this in a while. I would like to watch this again. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> it, it's not even, usually it says on here if it's somewhere, but. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it, but it, it's almost certainly on one of the one of the 3,000 streaming services that are available.
1: Yeah, a lot of times on these movies you can find them for like five bucks. Yeah, it's, it's not I too much. If you want to much. buy it. So. But, uh, oh. Scroll down just a little bit. Paramount. It, Paramount Plus. That okay. makes sense.
0: It's a Paramount film. I knew that. Oh, uh, yes. Well, for this classic, uh, driving that piece of junk car in Beverly Hills, uh, for this classic out of our normal 100 scale where we're not going to uh, break down uh, the specifics into any any certain category, where would you put it on a scale of 1 to 100?
1: Uh, we did these rankings and I said 80. Uh well, I almost want to go higher now that I think about it. But uh, 80's fair.
0: Yeah, I I think so. Uh I I will agree with you on this one. 80, it's it's rewatchable, ultimately very rewatchable. It's also not exactly a deep film by any any stretch.
1: No. If you need your nostalgia from the 80s, this is great. And oh, you yeah. like Eddie Murphy. Especially if you like Eddie Murphy, this is good stuff.
0: <laughs> I need to talk to him. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, and the the, the, the topless bar scene. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh, man. Yeah, that was classic 80s. All right. Well, let's go from a lighthearted romp through Beverly Hills with some very, very small arms to a less lighthearted romp out in the open sea Ooh. with a lot more powerful weaponry.
1: <laughs> yes, and... uh well, you know a cook
0: well is he a cook why is he on the ship why does he have his files in the in the captain's safe
1: mm i i, I don't
0: know tell me <laughs> all right so we we wanted to do things we originally my thought process on this was we were going to do like one for each decade but as often happens we haven't seen exactly the same films, and it was kind of hard to narrow some things down. So yes. the the longest back we could really go is to the 80s. So jumping into the 1990s, I wanted to pick something that we'd both seen and had fairly strong memories and easy opinions on. Um, if you were watching action films, in the 80s and 90s there were a handful of action stars you know you had Schwarzenegger you had uh Stallone you had Van Damme you know a handful of guys uh but you know that was who you were going to if you wanted the big muscles and the and the uh the lots of guns but if you wanted calm cool collected and very limited
1: range yes (laughs) <laughs> if you wanted to watch the same character in an action movie every other year, you went with Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Steven Seagal is at at one point it, he was kind of a love it or hate it kind of a, an actor, and then eventually just became hate it for no matter who you were.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, now, no so this is this is important in in talking about your. Your Schwarzenegger, Stallones, you know there was they were if you put them in tiers, they're probably the S tier, right. right? And then there might have been an A tier, and that could have been Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, um, right. uh, and, and maybe even Van Damme. Yes, um,
0: he never really got to the
1: S. tier. He, he never got to the S tier. He barely made it to the A tier. But, um, then you have Seagal, and he's probably a.
0: At that point, he was a solid B, and he yep. he's he's has reduced
1: <laughs> ever since. But he had a stretch uh, in which he made uh, one, two, three, four, five movies that yeah. were honestly, for what they were, on- good solid eighties, nineties action movies. Oh, yeah. uh, so I can't. I can't complain about those too much. Same thing we talked about with Beverly Hills Cup. You right. want to see a, you know, a thing that's not gonna do special effects. It's gonna do everything practical. Um, but you know, no comedy, just mediocre acting and even more mediocre martial arts, this is it for you. <laughs> Most certainly, because I mean, really
0: at this point, because of the way they put this film together, he has to carry the whole film. I mean, if if he can't carry it, it's not going to work because they brought in in a great actor to be, uh, two really good actors to be the foils for this film between Mm -hmm. Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey. Neither of them can fight. Neither of them are really trained for that.
1: No. So... And this is Gary Busey before he... Went insane. Went insane. And Tommy Lee Jones, before we know... Tommy Lee Jones, how he is now.
0: Right. So, I mean, it's just kind of, um, what, what were you calling it? Uh, um, uh, uh, die hard on a boat.
1: Yes. I think that's what uh, one of the things that flashed across the screen said <laughs> in, in a review, like, you know, <laughs> like the, the people who want to grab headlines because they put a review in the paper and it had a thing on a die hard on a boat. Like,
0: kind uh, of. Okay.
1: Not really. No.
0: But, uh, so there are so many reasons for me to love this film. And, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. And, and in, in his other films before this, the ones that you'll you'll find listed, he had four really solid films before this in, in between, Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, and Out for Justice. And we were talking, and my, my impression was, it did not matter what actor you put in any of those four films. They were going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just had to have a warm, bar- a warm body that could be a tough guy. And so he was that warm body. And he had his specific talents, uh, his, his hand-to-hand combat. Uh. <laughs> so he, he,
1: if you've never seen a Steven Seagal movie, there's really three things. He would um, like f- grab and flip, right? Like yep. so, like uh, weight distribution. He, if he was in a group of six people, uh, somebody would run with their arm out with a knife, trying to stab him. He'd grab the knife and just like sling him over, like just grab him and do a, a flip and, and slam him. A little disarming, yeah. And if he if he didn't do that flip, he would grab him and disarm him by you know. Snapping their arm or something like that. So right, that, there was right. one of those two things, and then if it was like a close to like close up battle, it was him doing like slappy chop thingies. Yeah, it didn't look great, but like in rapid succession, you know, yeah. not like what Bruce Lee does with the you know like the machine gun punching. Right, yeah. this was more slappy chop. I don't know how to describe it.
0: Yeah, there's no good... Well, because the whole thing is his martial art of choice is Aikido, which, yeah, if you're running at him with a sword or a knife, that's exactly what it's designed to do. Mm -hmm. That is 100% it. Uh, And the other thing that Aikido is designed to do is um, nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> it, it doesn't have a whole, yeah. That is unfair. It really is unfair of me to put it that way. That that is an, a drastic oversimplification of that particular mar, martial art. But stacking it up against a lot of others, it does not
1: compare. It's not real flashy, right? No. Uh, now in real life use, could it be very effective? You, sure, absolutely. Yeah. On the big screen, eh.
0: it doesn't. Eh. It doesn't play out quite so well, but because they're stuck on a sub and there's not a lot of space, Mm. it kind of works. It's perfect. Yeah. So And then when you mix the fact that he has no range with the people around him going completely in the opposite direction, like to absurd levels of of drama. I mean, just the, the part where Gary Busey confronts the captain of the ship. Dressed up in women's clothing because it's the captain's birthday and they're throwing a party, and it's the it's the part where he reveals that he's a traitor and he shoots him. It is so over the top and just ridiculous. It it works. It works so well. Um, the 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 monologues that Tommy Lee Jones does about uh, being a member of a CIA uh, kill squad. So he is, it's like we're, we're not part of a movement. We're part of a revolution. He goes through the whole thing so he can just say it's that he so say I'm coming back for you. Welcome to the revolution. And you kind of, It's just so
1: cheesy. Cheesy, yes. But and, and you're right when you say the like, the range in this like he's got this scowl and like if he's talking to you in like a term of like I'm going to kick your butt. He has this little. It's like a head wobble, right? Like Yeah, he goes slightly to the side. Kind of like
0: uh like he's trying to be um um oh sorry, now I'm I'm having a brain seizure. Um Clint he, Eastwood, like he's trying to be Clint yes. Eastwood.
1: And it doesn't work. No. But it, it it's very this whole set of movies and him and his scowl and his like slappy chops are very they're a very niche market. And if you like that set of action and the scowl, it it's great. Yep. It it really is great. Now, like it, so I'm really dumbing this down and taking it to levels that it shouldn't be. But like I, I'm I'm generalizing this, but you know, Denzel is Denzel. Right. And in every movie, he's a very similar version of himself. But he he will. Twist things a little bit. He will twist it and he will tweak it, and he's an amazing. He's probably my favorite actor. Oh yeah. But but you see what I'm saying? Like if you like Denzel being the same Denzel, because that's what you go and watch every single time, because you know he's going to be great at doing what he does. Right. Uh, this is you know Denzel With- you know to the <laughs> minus thousand degree. Like, but it, it is no you, no tweaking. If you like Steven Seagal. You will, you will love this movie. Right. The end.
0: And then, if you just want to see an action film, and it doesn't matter who's in the lead. You still might like the film, because um, you know it's got it's got Bernie Casey in it. Man, Bernie Casey is so good in so many different things. And at the time, I mean,
1: yeah he uh, he's been in the Bond movies. Yeah, I was like Felix. That's Felix Leiter, Um uh, he's been in well, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He's been in just so many things. Like, you would recognize the face. When I say the name, you wouldn't recognize the name necessarily, but you would recognize
0: yeah, the Yeah, as soon as you saw the dude, you're like, oh yeah, I love that dude. And he's he's good in everything because mm. he was always good in everything. So you got him playing this, this kind of small role. You get Erica Leniak and the most gratuitous nude scene, unnecessary nude scene. <laughs> but you know, if you're, I don't know a young teenager at the time and you are familiar with who she is and the uh, and the uh Playboy centerfold stuff that she had done previously. It's like, "Oh, well that was
1: I mean, this is Baywatch time
0: right there." Yeah, exactly. So so and that, you know the funny thing is she out acted Steven Seagal. Oh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, that was that always made me laugh just a little bit. It's like, oh, she she has range. <laughs> and he doesn't. Oh, uh, so good. And I got to see calm Meany as a as a bad guy. As a bad guy. Yep. But, you know, really like the coolest of the bad guys.
1: Yeah, the thing about him is I honestly think that he's pretty good at like, everything that he does. Yeah. But and a lot of times in our heads, I feel like all we see is Star Trek, right?
0: Well, that's, that's not true, but 173 episodes, it's hard not to.
1: So you do that with a lot of your favorite shows or actors who have been in the same thing for the longest time. Unfortunately, you just, you no know, matter how good Robert Downey Jr. is at other things, he's going to be Iron Man. Now, that's an extreme, but it, it, it it's the same kind of idea you know matter how good he was at any you know charlie chaplin if you want to, you know whatever it was so he
0: was in hell on wheels for uh 52 episodes
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) i really want to see that i uh, it's an amc show right and it's a western so like i'm down for that stuff
0: yeah right
1: hell on wheels that's what that is i
0: know what i thought it was a biker gang is it a biker
1: one no, it's wild
0: west. It is wild west. Yep. Oh yeah, look at that! Look at that bowler cap. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you are one hundred percent. He looks great in a bowler cap. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, this has a sneakily good cast in it, much better than you would expect. Yep. Uh, even Get the good
1: actors early before they d- demand a higher <laughs> a higher salary.
0: Even the kind of slimy um, CIA agent that's uh, part of the council that's. Um, Kind of, I I wish I could remember the name of the guy. It's just, it's gonna, it's it's gone. I I don't remember. But uh, you you see that guy? It's like, oh yeah, he's a, he was in a bunch of stuff too, and just kind of small parts. He always played some government guy somehow or some business guy because he. It's like, oh, I hate that guy. He hasn't said anything yet, but I can tell I hate that. Yeah, guy. I still
1: like him. Dale Dye even showed up in it.
0: Yeah, so combined uh the very simple premise with some some fun action you get to have submarines and and you get big booms with uh, some some missiles and and a, and a variety of other things and uh and uh all oh, the mess hall scene where they initially take the, the the boat over who's the highest ranking officer here right now stand up and be recognized <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't do it. You said big booms for a second. I thought you were going to say something else.
0: But. No, I was not. I was not one hundred percent. We are a family-friendly show, good sir.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you said gratuitous, so I was just going to be.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So on a scale of one to a hundred, what would you rate this film, sir?
1: Uh a solid Steven Seagal score of seventy-two.
0: <laughs> now for me, I have a soft spot for this film, so I'm I, I, I have to rate it a little bit higher because I've seen it I've seen it like twenty times. Mm, it's been a bit
1: <laughs> since I've seen this. Uh, and I don't mind watching it, but it's not something Ooh, hey, let's play this game a little bit. Um, does it show if someone wanted to watch this? What streaming service this one won- might be available on?
0: Well, I would wager that it does, and in fact, you can watch it on Tubi, Prime, if you pay for it, and Amazon.
1: Interesting, and Tubi's just another app that you can get. So,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I gotta give it—I uh, gotta give it an eighty-one. I, I had a lot of fun with this film. I always did. Tommy Lee Jones is just—he's uh, <laughs> so over the top in this film. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's get into something just a little more recent. How about some early 2000s?
1: I feel like we're going to see a trend with these next three uh, in the early 2000s.
0: Yeah. We were going to go with something newer, but then we decided not to.
1: Well, we looked at some things. It's just that when it came to a consensus, they all happened to be in the same three-year time span. So yeah. That's yeah. okay.
0: I'm, gu- I'm good with that. Um some directors have
1: cult followings. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, this is one of them. And in all the movies that we have talked about, and talked about, and talked about, uh, I feel like Quentin Tarantino doesn't get a lot of our talking abouts. No um, mentions, maybe, maybe every once in a while. I think, um, I think we we're talking about Inglorious Bastards recently in the last couple months, but that's about. That's about it. We don't talk about his movies so much. I think so. I think this was yeah. a good inclusion to have.
0: Well, definitely. It's not that we, uh, it's not that we dislike his films. It's just, well, he doesn't do comic book films, and he doesn't do a lot of films. No. So very,
1: uh, very sporadic.
0: Right. Uh, I think some interview he said something about he had a spec- a specified number of films he wanted to do before he was just done.
1: We have one more left. Yeah,
0: that. something like that. And it's like, well, that's one way to do it, I guess.
1: <laughs> for for a while there, he was interested in doing a, a Star Trek one. That would have been really interesting. But it was going to be, you know, typical. It would be rated R, just like take it in a little different direction, which, fine, I'd, I I would be interested to see what that would have looked like. But we will never get to see that.
0: Oh, well. But uh, we're going to instead go to the year of 2003, and it, this film was essentially just to send up a love letter to bad kung fu films, and and, and good kung fu films.
1: A hint of Western.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about Kill Bill.
1: Kill Bill. So this is uh, part one, volume one is what we should say. Um, so yes, there were two two segments of this, and- I can't remember. When were they released? Oh, it took a while to get the second one.
0: I mean, it was was years between them.
1: Yeah, and I felt like they filmed them at the same time into one complete movie, but I could be wrong on that. I just, it's been 20 years since these came out.
0: Oh, or it could have just been separated by one year.
1: (laughs) Apparently,
0: one year. Okay, sure. (laughs) See, this is what happens, kids, when you get old. Um, the brain parts don't work. Right? Yeah, no. Unless you have something written in front of you, uh, you you might uh, you might put it in the wrong spot and then remember it wrong for the rest of your life. In fact, after we're done recording this, I guarantee you, I'm going to re- remember this wrong still.
1: Yeah, I I you know a lot of times when they do these movies and then broken up into two pieces, what you'll see is one, they'll do them in the similar time frame. So like one will be December and the next one will be December the following year. And I think this was a December, November, December movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, not that that's terribly important, but what I'm saying is I can't remember if they did it and then shortly thereafter the next year they released it or if there was that indeed a full year gap between the two. I just don't remember. Uh, but back in the day, you know, we didn't have options to, uh watch movies other than go to the theater and then have to nope. you know, wait and stuff so uh this was this was you know for us at the time when you watch it and you see at the end um the story wasn't finished no that well, was kind of the whole thing of course, but um the second one is just a totally different tale than this, I feel like
0: well, I mean so first of all um like we were talking about uh Quentin Tarantino has a very specific style. And if you generally like his style, it doesn't matter which film of his you watch, you're generally going to
1: like it. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of music. Yes. Um, and then that music is is introduced, framed, positioned to score the movie through action, introduction, You know tense sequences and he's he's very good at choosing a fun soundtrack and he's good at doing homage and doing themes and he's good at camera angles and zoom on faces and and then he'll he'll play to different genres and like you said an homage to bad kung fu movies a lot of times it's like you have the face of the character and then it's at that quick zoom in closer to their face, and I will kill you, you know, like cheesy little thing. And he plays all of those angles, uh, like, really well in this particular homage.
0: And if you're going to stick a lead, uh, a strong female lead, I am a sucker for Uma Thurman in about anything. Um, I've always liked her. Um, Even.
1: I, I just go always back to David Letterman. Oprah, Uma, Uma. Oprah, (laughs) you know what (laughs) I'm talking. Yeah, it's silly, but
0: yeah, it's a it's a small thing, but uh, yeah, even even with the remake of the producers, which has your favorite actor in it, they put Uma Thurman into a, a a role that you normally would not have expected her to be in, considering it's normally a very buxom individual that would be in that particular role. But it doesn't matter because her presence as such, she radiates. I mean, she's just, she's just magnetic, and that's why she gets so many films. She's, you know, on top of being gorgeous, she's got range, she can do action, she can do drama, she can do comedy, and she can do freaking anything. And, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of hers.
1: And in this particular movie, let, let's be 100% honest with ourselves here, she is no sword's expert no like that's 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 not it and I feel like she worked hard to present herself in the way that she did throughout this movie and it's a balance could they have definitely found someone with more natural skill yeah absolutely Uh like very much so <laughs> pretty easily um, but would it have the same type of on-screen presence N- no probably not so uh, you you you've got to sacrifice one one category for another
0: well and you can you can fix a lot with editing yeah but uh, so you will mix the fact that Uma's in it with Lucy Lou who I've always loved Vivica Fox was has always been solid. You get Daryl Hannah in there. It's like at that time, it's like really Daryl Hannah out of nowhere. But yeah, definitely gimme gimme. Uh, uh, David Carradine, who was just, you know, we talked about Gary Busey before he went kind of crazy. Carradine was also kind of crazy, not in the same way, no, by any stretch, but he
1: was a nut. He, I just remember him because he was he was in a TV show, right? Uh, Kung Fu, the Legend, can, or not the Legend continues. That's the sequel. The he sequel. Was in, he was in that too. He was in the the original. Yeah. And then when the syn- sequel came out with the synd- it was on syndication, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. TNT. Uh, yeah. So for me, syndication, yay! Uh, uh, it was his son right. who was in it, and I can't remember who was playing it. Um, who who was playing his son? But uh, that's what I watched. That had him in it,
0: right? And uh, you know that show was actually way better than it had any right to be. <laughs> that's that's all I that's all I can really say about that. I I don't know how it was good because the original material back from when the uh, first Kung Fu show was out was so cheesy. It was it was a product of its time, um, but uh, yeah, it's just wow! Look at all these. I never realized that David Carradine was in quite so many films. I knew he was in a lot, but yeah, he, he got that, uh, that, uh, that knowledge, uh, you, you, you know, from one show and now you kind of want to have him involved
1: in everything. In all the shows apparently.
0: Yeah. That, wait, there it was Kung, Kung Fu. Fu Legend Continues. So, uh, the son, oh, right. Dude was, uh, Chris Potter. He was in a bunch of stuff. He's looking a little older nowadays.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, sorry. We we got distracted for a second. We drifted off a little bit, but that's okay. Because uh, this, once again, we're going back to the time frame when um, we were watching these TV shows, and uh, David Carradine was a big deal... Not necessarily to us. Yeah. Right. But um but the S- legend continues, I definitely watched in syndication.
0: Silk stockings. That's where most people will know him from. Mm.
1: So Or yeah. his voice oh. as Remy Lebeau in X-Men the Animated Series.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. So he's that's kind of that's kind of our our growing up period, the things that we the things that we would know that from. But okay, so presentation it's so disjointed so it's very stylized the mm-hmm. way that the film is put together um, oh yeah Michael Madsen he's awesome um, but I, you know I enjoyed I enjoyed this for its visuals and I enjoyed it for its combat but the actual presentation of the story was always very meh to me
1: Well, because it was broken up into two parts, um, I think the first one was more of that action sequence driven, right? Where the second one kind of fulfilled more of the story points. Well, it gave you more closure closure on a lot of the story points anyway.
0: Yeah, but... If you want, again, this is, an we're doing action films. So a lot of times when you're watching an action film, you're not watching it for deep meaning. But if you want to see some fun fights, some very cool camera work, very neat visuals, good music, it's a great, uh, great early two thousands film for that.
1: And there's a whole sequence, of course, where she takes down an entire mob of bad guys. And the crazy eighty-eight. Crazy eighty-eight, and. It's it's about over the top, um, running on rails, chopping off arms and legs, and slice slashing throats, and blood smattering here, there, everywhere. Um, right. So just over the top is for sure. That it it's long. It's yeah. not just it doesn't just happen in a couple minutes. It's a long sequence. Yeah, it's like a third of the film. Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: And it's got some wire work in it, which generally I hate, but it's kind of wink wink to the to the viewer again cuz mm-hmm. it's it's saying hey this was this is the stuff I loved and it's it's paying tribute to that. So because of that and it's not really that I I got past it and the rest of it was also good. It didn't matter.
1: And the it's a story about revenge. Yep. But it's it's got little subtle hints of you know, fun in it too. Um, you know, the, the pickup truck she's driving around and, uh, she goes to get her first kill basically. And the name of the cereal, if I'm not mistaken, was like boom cereal. Yeah. So like there's other cheesy little elements that are built into, um, this show as well. So you you have to look out for all the tiny little fun parts too.
0: Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, for me, um, It's one of those films that I'm not going to want to watch a whole lot, but I still have fond memories of. And that uh, puts it at a 78 for me.
1: And uh, I have a little higher score for this one just because I I like some of the stuff. 83.
0: Very nice. So we're going to go from one film that focuses on its love of Kung Fu made through the eyes of an American. To a film that focuses on kung fu made through the eyes of somebody a little closer to, to the source material. Mm-hmm. I love Stephen Chow.
1: Well, a lot of folks may not know who Stephen Chow is. Yes. Can you fill us in on the greatness?
0: So Stephen Chow has done a number of different films, both as an actor and as a director and uh this this dude has you know some real chops in terms of he knows he knows martial arts he he is he is a trained martial artist himself. Um, but if you ever wanted to laugh in the early two thousands, we got introduced to him through a movie called Shaolin Soccer. It is so preeminently absurd. <laughs> It's just two things that don't go together made into just a silly film, uh, that everyone can enjoy. It is, it is so much fun. Um, and it's the only soccer film that I can think of a and B, uh, like (laughs) on top of it. But, uh, yeah, he, he's more known for obviously stuff overseas. Uh, but, uh, if you look at his at his IMDB, he has a just a heap and crap ton of uh films that he's been in. Uh and that's just as as a writer, but he's also he was also the director for the film that we're gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's Kung Fu Hustle, two thousand four. Um so the main character
1: and the director,
0: the main character, and the director—you know—it happens a lot. You know, and we were just talking about uh, a classic American actor that kind of does the same thing. He loves to direct himself,
1: old mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood. Yeah,
0: but uh, the thing is, the the people that Stephen Chow works with are just legends from like Hong Kong, and just a lot of other a lot of other names that have been doing martial arts films overseas for for a long time. And so, you know, precursor, I mean, first of all, if you haven't seen it, the film's
1: 20 years old.
0: (laughs) So, again, all these films we're talking about, uh, we would say spoiler warning, but come on, it's been two decades.
1: Well, I I think when we we mentioned in in the first couple, you know, practical effects, practical, well, Kill Bill is the same way, too. Yeah. Practical. It's all, like, blood splatters are you know, things squirting out of fake stumps that people have for, like, it's all practical effects. Right. this one- Not practical. Not. Um, relied a lot on special effects. So that's an important factor. If you go in watching this, the special effects are built on computer technology creation engines from 20 years ago. Right? Yeah. So it does have limitations in its presentation. But it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter.
0: Uh, now, the, the the precursor that I was talking about was like, well, this film was not recorded in English. So you're either going to watch it dubbed or you're going to watch it with subtitles. Are you a subtitles person? Um, it depends. Like for this, I prefer the subtitles. I mean, the dub is still interesting, but it doesn't line up quite right
1: no. so i, I, I I've always preferred subtitles too.
0: And really, while there is obviously dialogue in the film, it's not it's not a ton. So the fact that it subtitles doesn't really take away from the film. No. And if you are like our age, I got I got brought up on merry melodies. I, I love me some some porky pig and and uh, give me a, a waskily wabbit that's going to be silly. This is kung fu with merry melodies and it is so just absurdly over the top it it it's it's beautiful
1: well it it's just when people are running fast their legs are spinning around in, in circles <laughs> right as they should yes that, that, that's that's a great example of it when but,
0: somebody gets hit really hard it takes them completely off their feet while they're still standing straight and their shoes go flying
1: yes it it, it if if they get if they get whacked on something you know it's it's got that silly kind of like boy and their, their head it, it's all those little cartoon elements just put into a different world
0: when the when the character that's the main character that for the most of the film is just not good at anything finally comes out of his his uh, cocoon and shows the, the the true martial arts genius that he is the kung Fu genius the first thing he does is stomp on the feet of 20 guys that's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's so wonderful, and there's definitely wire work, and the wire work is again just absurd. Does not make any sense. Don't try to make any sense out of it. The dude gets knocked into orbit and then steps on an eagle.
1: That's yes. I'm. I'm it's been a bit since I've seen this movie, but every time you mention a scene like that, I'm like, I remember that. Yes, I remember that one. I remember that one.
0: I mean, early in the film, see, he gets stabbed like 10 times and it's hilarious. <laughs> what other film can you say dude got stabbed 10 times I laughed so hard.
1: <laughs> and you know the supporting characters in this too they they play their their over the top parts very well to blend yeah. in with the, all the surroundings and the storyline.
0: Yeah no doubt Wa Wen uh, the landlord uh <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just so much fun to watch mm-hmm. and uh Kiwen the landlady
1: it, you know they're always walking around with cigarettes hanging out of their mouth right. and, and disheveled and angry and then all of a sudden you know they take their anger out of their like it just all these characters they just evolve they change because you know top secretly they are you know masters in something
0: yeah and it's just it's it's so much it's so much fun that i would talk about the 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 plot but there's no real reason either you've seen it and most people that have seen it just know know that it's the best uh, and if you haven't seen it i don't want to say too much because seeing it the first time you will there are points at it where i was watching and i noticed that my mouth was just open because I I couldn't believe that they did what they did, and that it worked so well.
1: Yeah, it takes uh, it, it takes creativity to to elevate your typical quote kung fu movie to something beyond that, but still um, have people who love that kung fu element be entertained as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, when they do actually get down to some real. Um, hand-to-hand combat, which there is some in there, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And then when it's of the absurd level, it's still just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, take some time. Uh, it is bloody. <laughs> it's got a little. It's got a little bit of a harshness to it. But uh, yeah. So you know, there's there's some limb removal. There's some uh, beheading. <laughs> there there is some very angry music
1: <laughs> yes but like not in a like haunting way no. right no it's it still has that levity to it yes yes it
0: does and it's just it's it's wonderful the whole cast is good and and uh yeah you won't care that it's in another language it's it's fantastic
1: uh, what about this one? Where where is it? If someone wants to watch it,
0: where would you watch Kung Fu Hustle? Well, if you don't own a copy, I'm 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 sincerely disappointed. But again, Prime Video or Amazon
1: to rent or buy, so it's not streaming on yeah. But I I feel like I've seen this on there or some platform very recently uh, that was just part of its its lineup. So movies do this a lot where they'll just go away for three months six months and then they'll just pop back up again
0: well, I own a copy so I can watch it whenever I want whenever you want to. Uh, my part of my movie collection uh, so good um, so uh, what do you think out of 100
1: uh, 78 is what I've got for this well,
0: that's a respectable uh, amount as you could probably tell by me just gushing over this film I, I think a little more of this uh, I gotta give this a ninety because it makes me laugh every time, and i I can watch this over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely a um a, a one of a kind type of show. Yeah,
0: definitely that. All right, let's finish with something that I would be hard pressed to know anybody that is anybody that hasn't already seen <laughs> uh, let let's go to 2006. Mainstream American cinema. Mm, well is it really a
1: mainstream American cinema?
0: Isn't it? It's maybe produced by uh, um, a British uh, production company but still what made it what made it popular it's it's American.
1: True. But I think its release comes out in Great Britain before it comes out in America. Yeah, but nobody cares about them. And they still have a box office that yeah, means it's, money.
0: It's for people.
1: It's not for people. It's
0: e- England's the size of, like, Rhode Island. Mm, Maine. <laughs> I'm just stirring up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, we're talking about uh, a little bit of 007, and there's so many of them. There are, and there's so many good ones from so many different years. But uh, I have to admit, I'm I'm a big fan of the reset from the the, the Daniel Craig. I this is the first time it went from Bond being it's like, oh, I can watch that film and it's okay, to being, oh, that's good.
1: Well, I think one of the changes was just a change in the tone. Um, when you had Pierce Brosnan, there was a couple of them that still had that same flair that you got with some of the previous ones, but then it just evolved. It just got like exponentially worse after like like Goldeneye was was like over the top, right? But but still very palatable. It had great cast in it. It did a lot of nice things. It had the cheesy action and the airplane, you know, going over the cliff. Like, it had the things in it that made a Bond movie a Bond movie. But it just, after that, it was just, they, they needed a reset after they did a few more of those. And it took a bit, and then they chose Daniel Craig and... Here we are.
0: Well, and there's different sensibilities. We were talking about the difference between 80s and 90s action films, and that's the I just killed somebody, and I make a funny quip as I do so. And there was a lot of that in James Bond, and some of the some of the jokes were just so so bad, um, like dad jokes
1: for action movies.
0: Right, exactly. And then you go you go to the Daniel Craig era, and there's still just a hint of humor but that I feel is the right amount is just barely a hint just enough to break the ice because uh looking at you right now uh you, you I'm going to kill
1: you it was more of the innuendo humor right? right and and there was still some of the the aftermath piece but I feel like a lot of that was more of the really not the I killed you haha thing because a lot of this was more serious than the action sequences and the stakes felt more real. Yeah. Even though always in a Bond movie it's about, you know, blowing up the world or something. So the stakes are always a little over the top. A little absurd. Um but you I, I think what you got in this one was some vulnerability. Yeah. This was supposed to be early James Bond. Right. So like before James Bond was established as James Bond. Um, And then. You also got an idea that if this was the case, you knew why in all the subsequent things that James Bond did that uh, why he never had kids. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The one thing I did
0: like is, you know, Judy Dench was M in the previous ones and somehow she's still M. In the new version, which is not the new version, it's the old version, but it's not the old version, we're never really quite clear about how it all gels together. And I love the that one fan theory that 007, James Bond is not the name of a person, but the name of uh, a role. And that's the reason why it's a different actor every time, because that previous one died and they replaced him with somebody else.
1: Yes, I've, I've heard that one before, too. So, in, in theory, if the new Bond was going to be uh, a female character, that it would still be James Bond 007. Although, I don't know how well that would go over with the audience if you portrayed it through that type of sequence. Uh, and and I feel like in some of the... In, like, the last one, they tried to introduce a new character. Um Eh, 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 yeah, um, but I don't know if they know where they're going to go at this point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But Daniel Craig is one of my favorite more recent actors to, to be on the scene. I feel he's got – he can do the tough guy. He can do comedy, clearly. Uh <laughs> <laughs> as long as he gets to talk like Foghorn Leghorn, <laughs> and uh, he, he's got some range to him, and he has, and he's clearly good with the action sequences, and so having him be not your prototypical looking James Bond, but just just hard as nails, it's like, yeah, I can deal with that. And uh, Mads Mikkelsen, I mean, come on, I mean, he's he's awesome in pretty much everything.
1: Yeah, he was a great he was a great bad guy.
0: Um, Eva Green, I've always had a crush on. <laughs> just no, no two ways about it. I like watching her in any film. Uh, it's just like, what, 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 what's she in? A commercial for Dish show. Okay. I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> that's just fine. I love just the, we only got him a little bit, but Jeffrey Wright, I really like that dude and getting him just a moment as the, the American agent. That was nice.
1: Yeah. You see more, um, you see more of him later on in future versions, right. uh, future um, Bond movies, and this was about the time where he was getting hot, right? right? So he's kind of been in a little bit of everything recently, like really, just a little bit of everything. Yeah,
0: and and rightly so. He's got he's got he got skills, um, but uh, so I mean. You get a solid cast, and it's hard to go wrong with a James Bond film. But like you said, they raised the stake beginning the film with that that on foot chase, that that parkour through a construction site, among other places. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that they were basically doing their own s- stuff. Yes, through the whole thing, still just it's like that's Tom Cruise level of crazy.
1: And there's always sequences in Bond movies that revolve around a car chase because the car is an important part of the Bond kind of legacy, right? What it can do and the gadgets and the things and all the controls and stuff. Yeah. So you're still going to have all that, although not really, but in this one. But you replaced it instead by a chase sequence. right? On foot. like You'd... Do they exist? Yes, but not like this. Like no. this was this was great. This was a very this was a very great introduction to a new bond world. Right. And it was a great way to set the tone, I felt like.
0: The other thing I liked, this was the point in time where the the public had been introduced to inundated with and just kind of oversaturated with the world of poker. It was really booming at that point. Uh, it's like, oh, I can watch the World Series of Poker every year and all that mm-hmm. all the stuff that went with it and then oh, you like that? Here's seven hundred other poker programs. <laughs> it's just
1: Yes. And um, and of course the, the the whole thing in this one is some convoluted scheme of things, but it uh, it revolves around this poker game and there's supposed to be, you know, money for Things and stuff exchanged, and he's the bad guy. So we set up this high stakes poker game, and it's just like most Bond things, it's kind of convoluted. Yes, and he magically gets the invite because you know he's James Bond, yeah, you know, whatever it is. But and then they play a high stakes game of poker that he. I, I'm not. I'm not much of a poker person, so you could tell me more. From what I read, like the poker hands, how it was presented was kind of meh. Yeah.
0: It was it was okay. So first of all, um the way that they present certain aspects trying to read the tell of the other player, yeah, that that's that's fine. Um they they, they overemphasized it and nobody nobody has a tell. Oh I'm I'm bleeding blood from my eye. Sure, that's mm-hmm. that's a great tell. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> but sure, whatever. Um the thing that gets me that that final hand, um Is so preposterous. There is no way in this particular high-stakes instance they're all going to have hands that good at the same time and not have already gotten somebody that would have gone all in well before the flop. It's like, nope, nope, there's a 0% chance of that. Uh, It's just kind of... It's like, all right, fine. For the purpose of of drama, yes, everybody has at least a full house. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time. Uh, well, when it comes
1: to James Bond, you know, he <laughs> always comes out a winner. So, of course, he's going to have a better hand.
0: But the thing I love about that poker game, beyond the fact that I was a big fan of poker, I still am. I just, they intersperse it. It's like, here's some game. Here's some game-related stuff. Okay, now let's go back to the room and kill some people in the stairwell. Okay, let's go back to the game. And there's some more things. Okay, now uh, you almost die of poisoning. Yes. <laughs> let's go back to the game. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's it really works. I usually, my interest in this film is like, yeah, this is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. We finish the poker game. Okay, I don't care anymore. <laughs> At that point, it's like, oh, well, there is the bit with the chair and the rope and uh, to the left, to the left. Yeah, That's amusing. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point it's like yeah there's really not not anything left to really watch that I care about uh
1: yeah it's it it leaves it, it leaves a kind of not a not a cliffhanger but it just leaves something at the end and it's definitely addressed in future um, movies and I I think the thing about this is and if you were a bond person and if you've watched these, Sometimes it's just about the spectacle of the movie and you definitely get that in this. It's like I said, it's definitely a change in attitude, a change in atmosphere. Uh, But there's, I think, five of these Daniel Craig movies and really they're all tied together, although in, in small bits they are. You have to have seen and getting gotten some of the information from the first couple movies to have any idea about what's going on in the fourth movie, third, third and fourth movie, like because they touch on d- previous details. So it don't just jump forward and watch one of the other ones. If you have the time and the availability to do it, start here and watch the next ones. And we've got quantum of solace, which is, that was a little bland, a little bland. Um, but after that after that it it, it definitely picks up yeah. and the last one I did a review on and I really I did enjoy that one um it just got b- broken up because of the pandemic so what are you gonna do they did it as best as they could but really for sure start with this one go through the rest of them and I think you'll enjoy I think you'll enjoy all of them honestly
0: yeah no doubt about it so for me out of a hundred i got to give this one an 84.
1: And I did the same 84. 84.
0: So, dear listeners, how are our our scores compared to yours? Do you have fond memories of these films? Did you watch these films? If not, I'm really surprised you got through to the end of the episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just want to hear some good stories and get some recommendations for something to watch. Yeah,
0: we, we didn't really spoil too much of each film. And truthfully, with an action film, us giving it a verbal description. It's
1: not a big deal. No, and you know, Casino Royale, we said the chair. Um you'll know after, <laughs> if you heard it, you'll know. Um and there's nothing to spoil in Kung Fu Hustle. Nah. There's the kill bill stuff. There's it's
0: just one big fight. One big the fight. Part. There's
1: nothing to spoil in that. Um and then the other two, they did, you know, sequels, so, you know. Yeah. Obviously the people are still going.
0: Exactly. So, uh next week we're going to We're going to come back. We're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, Instead of uh, wasting our time uh, by watching films or talking about wasting our time watching films and enjoying it that way, we are instead going to talk about travel. Wasting our time traveling. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly,
1: wasting time and money. Right. (laughs) Right. But
0: uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some tips, some tips and tricks from Richard
1: L L. Kiger, Richard Q. Kiger. Uh, no, no, uh. and no. Uh, tips, tricks. Well, really, I- I- if anything, observations. Right. That can be trickled down to you know, tips.
0: Yeah, exactly. The beginnings of a stand-up comedy act before uh, the yes. comedy has been applied but we'd love to see you come back and of course contact us on social media we always love to get your impressions on things until next time stay safe stay warm it's getting cold out there we'll see you next week